Boy, I mean Hudson. This is Southside Rabbi, and we are back. I am sitting with. Listen, uh oh, uh oh. The man that I am sitting across from right now is. If y'all know anything about investing, what? He is the Warren Buffett of the heavens. Of the heavens. He is the Peter Lynch of the eschaton wow what i mean by that ladies and gentlemen is if you know anything about warren buffett he's one of the greatest investors to ever step foot on this earth mm. kevin elijah burgess has invested in the kingdom the way that warren buffett has invested <laughs> in stocks on god's green earth which means that when kevin elijah smooth and groove the burgess gets to the heavens his roi is going to be <laughs> prodigious ladies and gentlemen this man is going to be the Jeff Bezos of the kingdom of God. Oh. I don't know. I, 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 random trips to space. Yes, random trips to extra uh, terrestrial places. Paying for Paul's dinner everywhere they go. He said, no, 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 Paul, it's on me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Your money's no good here, Paul. I have heavenly dollars. <laughs> I am talking about this, the S&P 500 of the heavens is going to yield all of its returns. Oh, on to oh. Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess, and he's gonna oh. take out all those capital gains with no tax. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is how this man is investing in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I'm telling y'all, ladies and gentlemen, right now, when this man gets there, the kind of return on investment that he has is gonna make you say, What kind of investments was I making with my life when I was down there? I thought that I was I thought that I was doing something. I thought I was putting something in my heavenly 401k. <laughs> Here this brother comes with his 34.7 billion dollar return in heaven. <laughs> that man got down to the decibel. Right? <laughs> so listen, man, I'm I I'm I'm you grateful wild, to have bro. my boy here with me, man. Y'all yes. already know he's a true theologian for real. Ask your pastor for real. Don't leave your Bible around him because he will open it. And he will exposit the text in a way that will make every single pastor mm. that has ever heard this man preach. Listen, I have pastors calling my phone. Stop it, bro. Stop. And they said, look, I am trying to get in touch with KB, but he won't talk to me. So if you can just ask a question for me, one, one thing, <laughs> one question. What is his prayer life like? How does he pray? Does he say, dear Lord, when he opens up in prayer? Does he say, dear Lord Jesus? Does he say, Father God, we come to you? I need to know what he says because whatever he is saying, it is making its way directly to the heavens, a straight wow. shot to the earlobes of our Father. Priority mail. Priority mail. UPS. Bro, stop. And stop so it, I just want to tell y'all, Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess, I'm here with him. Don't you, play bro. with him. Thank you, my guy. Hey, blessings to you and your family and your inheritance. <laughs> but I must take a moment. <laughs> don't talk to me about it because kind of heavily inheritance you have. Wait, hold on a second. Well, let me just say uh -huh. that I am too on Southside Rabbi. Right. Sitting across. Oh, gosh. From Amin. Now, listen, when you grow up in the hood, we bring out nicknames. Right. Uh-huh. And these nicknames describe... Really the quintessence. Oh, okay. They get down to the ontological okay. substance <laughs> okay. of who we are. 
these nicknames like names in scripture. Oh, okay. Okay. Say something about the character and the of reputation the oh, of the person. Hold on a second. Give me a second Lord. here. Let me take you some of Amin's nicknames from Southside St. Petersburg. All yeah, right. I don't listen to this man. I don't know what you're talking about. They called him Premium Pete. I don't even know what that means. They used to call him Caviar Coding. No, I don't know about that They either. used to call him Eloquent Eric. I don't know nothing about that. They used to call him Top Shelf Tony. Have no idea what you're talking they about. They called him Making Money Mitch Bentley Coop Corey. They called this man Baller Bradson. And of course, my favorite, Supreme Samuel. No. All of these names do not fit with what he was given at birth. No, that's not But true. it fits the identity of who he is because this man is not to be compared to other men. When you spell his name, what did my brother say in uh, Family Ties with Kendrick Lamar? He said, when you mention my name, make sure you use four letters. What are those four letters? G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. This is the man that walks around among us. No. His humility is like a cloak no. <laughs> that keeps us from seeing the Shekinah of who he is and also who he is not. Let me tell you who he ain't. He ain't no little boy. <laughs> he ain't no little boy. He is not no little boy. That's a grown man right there. <laughs> I had never been no little boy. I was born with a job. That man was I born came out my mom's with womb, in his voice. And I gave the doctor a high five and said, where's my time card? Because I got to get to work. <laughs> work. <laughs> I came out my mom's room with a lunch pail and a hard hat. Ready to go. Ready to go. That's who this man is. Oh Do me gosh. a favor, please. Make some noise. Thank you. For I mean the dream, mean machine. He who cannot be defeated, deleted. Greet him when you see him. <laughs> Hudson, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, my brother. Thank Don't, you, I mean, that, that was just so kind. Don't let KB fool you, though. It was because, only true. Because when I came in here, he was he was in the booth today, just in the glories. I, I when he came out when he came out his room out his prayer closet today. When I saw him, his face was just shining so much. He I said, that, "Where I, were you, bro?" <laughs> Turn, KB, turn it down. Oh, my bad, dog. I just came I off just the mountain. Saw, too much glory. I came off the mountain. <laughs> I just came off the mountain. <laughs> came off the mountain. <laughs> What man, we doing today, big dog? Man, today, man, uh, I really want us to talk about, look, man, <laughs> I know that some of y'all probably have been he seeing this 50-something-year-old man with a fade and in a, in a European suit with glasses on. Yes. Telling women that they are not high value. Yes. And that if you are a low-value woman, you shouldn't expect to get a high-value man. That's right. And uh, going on uh, podcasts and shows, asking women all kind of superficial questions yep. about themselves, I've like where do they rate themselves on a scale of one to ten, and then him giving his own subjective opinion about right. where they rate yeah. on his scale, I yes. guess, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that matters. Right. But I'm talking about a, a, a gentleman named Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels. And he's been making a lot of waves uh, lately. Man, I was hoping that dude was going to go away. But he's being platformed. Right. By several, by a lot of the, a lot of outlets, a lot of in, in some outlets. I mean, in hip hop, Joe Budden at least was well respected. Joe uh -huh. Budden gave that man a full throated endorsement. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, he said, "Oh, I, oh, I love Kevin Samuel stuff." So yes, Kevin Samuels. I mean, he's been a. Some of y'all may not know who he is, but I guess he's an entrepreneur, but some kind of relationship coach. I, I don't know how he's how he's positing himself these days. Yes, but Kevin Samuels actually belongs to something that's bigger within the internet world, and it's kind of like something that I guess I could call like the manosphere type of community 
this community of men who have these podcasts or these pickup this pickup artist community of these men that are constantly making videos on YouTube or podcasts about how to talk to women, yeah. how to get women. Uh, and usually the Manosphere guys like um, there's another podcast from these brothers called Fresh and Fit which Kevin Samuels has been on. They've had like a lot of model women on there and they sure. essentially spend a lot of time berating women and wow. even quoting scripture at times from Proverbs well, and all kinds of Sa- stuff. From my understanding, Kevin so, Samuels' background is church. Oh. I'd seen that before. I've, I've, I think I did hear that. That he had some kind of ministerial background. And you can... You kind of you can you can discern that yeah. because oftentimes when he is berating a woman for uh, you know having the audacity to assume her own value, if these women are saying that they're Christians, you'll often catch Samuel um, like trying to correct their theology right. uh-huh. or throwing verses right. in, in in their face. Mm-hmm. He has certainly taken uh, complementarianism right. uh, in a sharper way. <laughs> But he would normally use that to, you know, say why a woman needs to submit. Submit. And what I've discovered is that a lot of these Manosphere guys, especially even the dudes from the Fresh and Fit podcast, they've done the same thing. They usually use the Bible when it's talking about women submitting to their husbands and women uh, cooking and cleaning around the house. And they usually use the Bible to talk about what women should and should not be. Right. But they usually never talk about what they should and should not be yeah, for some as reason. men besides yes. that they should be breadwinners and uh, the head of the household. Sure. They kind of don't say anything about uh, what the Bible says that they should consider regarding language, respect. They kind of don't really use the passage of scripture that says that we should all submit to one another. Yeah. Uh, also, fam, <laughs> Ephesians 5, my guy, is literally in the context of Jesus talking about dying. Right. Like he's saying, if you want to understand marriage uh, and how to love like me in mm-hmm. marriage, mm-hmm. it looks like you, husband, right, dying mm-hmm. to yourself. Right. That there is a shedding of your own blood for the sake of protecting mm-hmm. those in your household. Right. People will, will take Ephesians 5 and kind of stand it up as some kind of benefit package for men. Oh, that's a good way Here to put it. Here are all the things that you get by getting merit it. of having the correct genitalia. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. When if you see the rugged cross of the Lord Jesus Christ in his bloody body spread out on it... And he says that this is your reference point for headship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn into something that everybody is excited to sign up for because it's basically like a vacation with slaves. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is what folks in the manosphere, and mm-hmm. it's not just, I mean, oh, the manosphere. Yeah. It's not just. I mean, it doesn't surprise me the cats are quoting scripture in the manosphere because this is the, the popular abuse of mm-hmm. what it means for a Christian house, household to thrive right. as it relates to thinking through Ephesians 5 or, mm-hmm. or, or in, in Titus or in Timothy. When, when it talks about a woman's role in church, all these things kind of, they kind of uh, melt together. Right. And the interpretation is not one of we are doing the hard work of laying our rights, our desires, mm-hmm. sometimes our well-being, if it means mm-hmm. protecting those in the mm-hmm. household, that that's what it means to have this responsibility as, as the lead. Right. I, let me say this one more thing and then I'm giving no, it right back to you. I mean, one of the things that I've become very convicted about as a businessman lately mm-hmm. is that years ago, I thought that The promised land was ownership, Mm -hmm. which I do think owning stuff is important. Right. Right. Since 16, I haven't worked for anybody. Yeah. And I, I, in a lot of ways, imagine that being 
the golden standard, fam. And as I have had to manage larger teams in conjunction with all my other responsibilities, right. as I've had to do make hard decisions, mm-hmm. as I've had to, to uh, get pulled into crisis, we've seen some success. Right. With the success comes greater responsibility. Right. Greater demands, greater obligations. I have become one who has longed not for more ownership, but for more partnership. Mm. That if I'm in, that, that it's not cool all the time being the guy that's responsible for everything. Right, absolutely. This is not as desirable as you think. Yeah, it looks it's, romantic it, on the outside. That's right. I was here before everybody got here today, mm-hmm. and I am leaving after, after everybody left today. Right. That stuff has tremendous cost. Right. And as I kind of take inventory of my own life, I see areas which I could be better. I could make more money as a rapper by making more songs. I could be a better rapper. I could make more money as a businessman by expanding, investing more, giving more of my time. But Mm -hmm. fam, I'm already giving 50 hours a week to all of this stuff. What else am I going to do? Well, if I would be like many of my peers who are in positions like I am, They'll say, well, man, you got to jump, jump to 67. Yeah, you got to 10X that thing. 10X it, baby. You, you make these decisions now, and, and, then, and then it pays off. Well, then I lose my family. Right. and my, I don't want to be the greatest rapper alive. I don't need to be the best businessman or the, or the richest dude because I know what that costs. Right. I see how to do it, though. Right. I, I'm not saying to be the greatest, but I see how to be greater. I right. see it. Right. However, I do not want to forget that what it means to be the pastor of a church it's going to be filled with lots and lots of suffering. Bro. Right, right, right. Lots and lots of wounds, as we talked, as we talked about in the last, in the last episode, episode. Yeah. That, yes, let's have the conversation about male and female leadership. Let's do that. I'm, I am more open to that conversation than I've ever been in my life. But let's be clear. We're talking about people walking into a position where they are literally the front line for the souls of humanity. Mm-hmm. That they are taking the wounds of the enemy, enemies, the and, wolves, and, and the, the sheep. sheep. Yeah, and the sheep. That there is indeed a kind of leadership, if it's biblical leadership, that doesn't have like a fine print that, hey, if this thing doesn't work out, it could get difficult. The whole thing is difficult. Right. There are moments of fruit, are, are moments of joy, you know, especially when you see the fruit of your labor. But man, what we're talking about in terms of headship is not one that we go around sounding trumpets and, and, and garnering praise for. Right. But it is one of, as Jesus is called, it's a way of sorrow in a lot of ways. Right. And I feel that aspects of my life that make servant leadership, which is the only kind of leadership Mm -hmm. that is to be blessed by God. Right. A very, very difficult thing to do. Yeah. And not, again, a package of perks for men to enjoy the servitude and submission of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely how we see uh, headship and leadership get painted from the manosphere crowd. Um, I think that it's also, as you said, not servant leadership, which is the only kind of uh, leadership that there is biblically. Anything that's outside of servant leadership is a dictatorship. It's not a, it's not a leadership, right? You're, I mean, you're not a servant. You're a dictator. Do this, do this, do that. I'm the king. I'm the boss. I'm a man. You know, you're here to serve me. I'm not really here to serve you. In the manosphere world, that's what we see. And the reason that I think that it's important to address it is because I have seen several Christians embrace some of Kevin Samuel's philosophy and a lot of these fresh and fit manosphere uh, type of philosophies as well. Sure. I think that there is something 
to that because that gets back to even some of the ideas that we see within the church regarding men and sexism. Yeah. That we feel like we are to be dominant. Sure. Right? And that women are essentially nothing other than people that God has put into our lives to serve us and that we're not really meant to serve them. Our provision is servitude, right? So we go out and we make the money and all of that. And first of all, just giving provision is not necessarily servitude. Sure, 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 sure. Like, like, like anybody can make money. Yes. Anybody can basically turn your spouse into an expense. Exactly. Women are just a line item. Women are a line item. They're expense. Women are a liability. They're not an asset, right? Or the only way that women become an asset is if they are serving me and doing what I tell them to do. Wow. Which is not a biblical understanding of how we are to not only uh, love our wives, but uh, it's not a biblical understanding of, of manhood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to be honest, man, even when I, when I see a lot of the Manosphere guys, <laughs> I, I think that there are some practical things that people have to look at here when yeah. they're talking about getting advice from these guys. Yes. Number one, one of the things you may want to look at when you're thinking about getting advice from these pickup artists or these Manosphere dudes is, do they have a track record of a very long-lasting, fruitful relationship? Yes, just one. Like, like have one, they been Kev. married for 28 years? Kev, we take one, bro. Right. Like, how, how are they in a relationship now? Are they in ser- or, or are they in a serial relationship? Can we talk to your wife, Kev? Have you had just multiple divorces, divorce after divorce after divorce? Yeah. Do you have a long track record of being a faithful and loving husband? In that, other words, are you good at loving women? Are you good at loving women? But you're, you're telling us how to love women, tell us how to treat women, but are you good at it? Or are you just this dude on here that is in all these serial relationships with these different women, talking about these different women you've been oh. with? And so I think that that's the number one thing, right? If somebody is trying to tell me how I should start a business, the first thing I'm going to ask is, do you have one? Talk to me about yours. What is your business like? If you had three businesses and all of them failed and now you don't have a business at all, right. maybe you're, you're a janitor. There's nothing wrong with being a janitor. Right. But I'm saying if you're trying to give me business advice, sure. you have three failed businesses and yes. now you're trying to pick up the pieces of your life, yes. I don't think that I, you're the person I should be getting business Facts. advice from. Failed? Yes, Because I hear the, the argument and response going to be, well, can't, can't we learn things from, from failures? Yes, you can. But oh. you know what's a better teacher than failure? Yeah. Wisdom. <laughs> And wisdom should say, hey, don't put your hand on the stove and get burned for you to know that it's hot. That's right. Let it let somebody else do that. Experience is a good teacher, but it doesn't have to be your teacher. And the fact of the matter is, if you think experience is the best teacher, you probably shouldn't be teaching. I, yeah, and you're going to have a hard life. Yeah, bro. Man. We need cats that can, can, that can be like, hmm, this relationship's about <laughs> to fail, but I love her. Here are some things that I can do to wisely... And intentionally save this mug. Right. And then let's stand that up. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But man, there you're right, bro. I don't know what the body count of these dudes right, are. Right, right. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sure you might have some some things that you learned along the way. Right. I'm sure. That 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 has some intersections with stuff that's correct. Sure. But yeah. but but I think that you need to consider the whole scope of the person that is that is trying to give you advice. Yeah, typically how qualification works is, hey, uh, this job requires a, a master's degree and I have to be successful in uh-huh. some kind of thesis defense. Well, right. I've done it seven times and I failed all seven times. I never got the degree, but I kept trying. Right. Now let me, this is why I think I'm perfect for I this ha- job. I'm perfect for this job because I have a lot of experience in failure. 
And my experience in failing at meeting the qualifications of this job is actually what makes me the most qualified. Yes. That does not make sense, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, it doesn't. And, 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 I, and, and another thing that I think that folks uh, uh, skip over is, I, this is just my own personal opinion, but I do also think that a lot of the Manosphere guys are deeply, deeply, deeply insecure. Yep. A lot of the Manosphere guys, I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to- Hey, this is outside I'm rabbi, not trying to say anything. Southside. I think that a lot of these Manosphere guys are guys that, that had- no success with women growing up. And now that they're on and they're popping, it's like a type of get back. And it's also a type of bitterness and resentment towards women. Yeah. And now it gets exacted on them now that they're up. Yes. Right. But I don't think that these were the guys that had a lot of the success growing in, up. In other words, they are counseling you out of their, their woundedness. And a lot of them are not just counseling you, but counseling women who are also, a lot of women that go to them, that, yes. that, that are trying to learn from them, who are also maybe insecure or maybe wounded themselves, they are counseling these women out of their woundedness as well. Sure, and sure. that's what uh, I, we see with Kevin Samuels. This man will eviscerate women. Sure. And women will keep coming back. Yes. Right? Yep. Uh -huh. And I don't think that that's because women are you know weak or anything like that, but I think that women... I think that it is a reflection of what men have done to women in our world. Sure, sure. Is that men have eviscerated women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that what hap what what is happening is that these the fact that we have women that want to come to this man that eviscerates women over and over and over again to try to see if they measure up mm. is not a reflection on them. It's a reflection on us. Ooh. It's a reflection on the men. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? And so he's been and, and so when you see these women coming on there for that advice after they just watch one woman get filleted sure it's not it's not because Kevin Samuel is all wise it's because sure. we're failing them that's right and it's not as if they found even though he would reference that there have been some successful uh, moments where his counsel has produced marriages or some kind of long term relationships I don't know how we measure that right. or I wish there was some kind of page of, of Kevin Samuel testimonials <laughs> but I do think that for the most part these women, and you can see it, fam. Bro, you can see it in the interaction. At least the ones that I've seen. Uh -huh. They are trying to find a pathway forward in his version of the gospel, bro. Yeah, and that's They're what I was... They're trying to find a kind of salvation yeah, right. in... In his, in his gospel truth. Sure. Of, of what he thinks is truth. And I think that when you compare what he is saying to a lot of these women and what a lot of them are saying, it's not... It's Kevin Samuels, Fresh and Fit, Academics, all of these dudes run together. Even some of that stuff... Even Jordan Peterson uh, says some of that stuff, in my opinion, as sure, well. Sure, sure. But... When you when you when you get that whole idea of you can't be a you can't want a high value man if you're a low value woman here you are you're a woman that's a five out of ten and and you have a a, a job uh, making thirty five thousand dollars a year and you want a man that's a ten out of ten making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year it's not going to happen number one. Compare what Kevin Samuels is saying to the gospel of Jesus Christ, bro. Come on, bro. Does God come to us and say that you must be a high-value person in order for you to attain salvation? He is a king. This is the king of... Every time God speaks to a human being, he is descending down to do so. Every single time. He has to literally get on a knee. To speak to the humanity. Jesus said that he, dog, the Lord has said that he found us drowning in our own blood, bro. Ooh, come on, Ezekiel. There was yeah. nothing about us that was high value enough to meet up, to measure up to God's standards. Sure, sure. And God still said, 
You know who makes you high value? Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you because I have created you. You are made in my image. Right. I am the one I descend and I bring, he brings all of his regal existence yes. into our lives yes. and in a way in which we are unworthy and undeserving, yes. he gives us salvation. Yes. Right? Yes. We don't have to try to find a way to make ourselves valuable enough yes. to be to inherit the kingdom of God yeah. there is no way in which we can do that yes. it is not gospel for us to think the only way that somebody to be can be accepted is, is if they're high value enough and not only that you're not high value enough fam because another thing is you could be making a $250,000 a year and be a nice looking man all you want and be a trash person yeah, yeah, which yeah. a lot of these guys I'm sorry are yes. by, the, by what we've seen it would be a nightmare if I had a daughter for me for them to end up one of these guys yes. so yes. I think that a lot of it is also your own pride and your own arrogance do you not know that God can take away all of your high valueness at a, at a at a drop of a dime that's right your job could be who out of here who do you think here. you are your looks your could job be out, could be out of here. here your look could be out of it looks could be out of here you can God forbid get in a car accident never walk again yeah you can never look the same again who do you think you are Facts. there are people in our audience right now that are saying that just doesn't seem practical to me. That's not the world that we live in. Well, first of all, we're talking to, if you name the name of Jesus, right. then there is a need for you to be a part of God's mission of using you to bring the kingdom of heaven's, kingdom of heaven's ethics, value, system to, to bear the on the earth. Amen. That there are things about the earth that need to be reformed. So from a first Mission from a missional standpoint, it is not on us to accept that this is the way things are, absolutely, but to transform the yes. way things are. Amen. I think about Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7, where Song of Solomon is talking about his love for one of his wives. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but he says to her, You are altogether beautiful, my love. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. And after this sort of display of, of his reaction to to her beauty, and he buries her beauty in his love for her. You are my love. Right. The very next thing he says after that is, in you is no flaw. Mm -hmm. That, with respect to Queen B, that in the, the song Flawless, right. that By there's Beyonce. an idea that it is what I'm putting on me, mm -hmm. the diamonds that put that I put on myself, although there was an element in the song that she just woke up, right. just her waking up by itself, that was uh, powerful, right. that it's flawless because I am a woman right. made in the image of God. But the idea that we typically deduce from songs like that uh -huh. is that it's what we're putting on us that's making us flawless. It's right, right. how we're working out our bodies. It's how we're doing our hair. It's what rings that are on our fingers. And the flawlessness oftentimes is affirmed in the mouths of men. Mm -hmm. So if a man can look at me and say that I'm bad, then I'm bad. Right. But I love how so the Song of Solomon has it here that her flawlessness isn't making him love her. Right. She is flawless because he loves her. Right. You see, there's a subtle difference there. Right. It's not that you are the most beautiful woman in the world. It's that you are the only woman in my world. Right. Therefore, you're the most beautiful woman in the world right. in that respect. Right. You're, you're not 
playing the game. Right. Don't join the rat race. And that is my biggest problem with Kevin Samuels is that Kevin Samuels is a presence that reifies almost everything that's wrong with the value systems of the relationships between men and women. Yeah, he's a Literally, you come a onto his show right. and, you, and he asks you, according to a already broken standard, right. what level, what number are you on a scale to one to 10? Well, I think I'm about a, I well, broke my heart, bro. I, I literally got emotional. Yeah. She said, I, she said I'm, I'm probably a seven with my hair done, but a five regularly. What in the world? Ma'am, you weren't meant for that. You weren't meant to play. You weren't meant to swim in those waters. Amen. You weren't meant to swim in the waters of scales. And the again, the entire scale is based upon what you think the general population of men like in women. Right. That's the scale. Does it mean something to be loved by a man? And he says, you are my world. You are my prize. Like the Song of Solomon says, your love is like wine. Right. I want to get drunk off of it. Right. You are fragrant to me. I don't only love you, I like you. Right, right, right. And in my world, you are flawless. Right. What Solomon is saying in that passage is that her flawlessness is not culturally defined. Right. It's not playing in the value system of those around her. Well, she's flawless because you know how you know we everybody. Like everybody said right, right. You know we, you know how we go for the, right. you know, the coke bottle. You know right. how attraction is important. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. But if I'm into you. What does it matter what, how you weigh on the scale? I wish somebody would tell me what they thought my, my wife was on the, on the number. Right, right. I don't care what you rate her. She's a 10 to me. Right, Amen. right. And that's what matters. What Solomon is saying to his wife is that you are flawless because I love you. I didn't find you flawless and then decided to love you. No, right. my love makes you flawless. Right. My love makes you flawless. My love makes you a 10. My love beautifies you. Mm -hmm. And that's what the love of God does to us. Amen. It beautifies us. Yes. We are his prize. We, he, he, he's excited to embrace us. He is continuing to grow us into something more beautiful than we can imagine. But he's not enduring us. Right. In our kind of current state. But no, he has covered us with the beauty of his son mm -hmm. and his love has made it so right. that we are beautiful. And I think that there is all kind of overlap in how we think about that in the context of our relationship yeah. with the women we love. Amen. And I, and I think Kevin Samuels is constantly, as I said, reifying an entire system that should be dead, bro. Mm-hmm. It should be dead, man. Yeah. When you think about the statistics surrounding the way women view themselves as mm -hmm. a result of swimming in this superficial, photoshopped, right. skin deep, Instagram model yeah. world. And how they would look at this. Many of these women in these magazines have literally been not genetically modified like we, they want us to think. Uh, they have literally been modified by a doctor or a artist in Photoshop right. that these women, I, I read an article that was showing that some of the women that were generated in some of these popular um, cosmetic magazines don't even exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen they that They don't too. exist. They, 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 they literally they, like create it. See? They are 3D right. renderings right. of stuff that right. look real. Right. And here you go with your very human frame. Right. Trying to mimic the impossible. Right. 
when the pursuit itself is foolishness. Now, not the pursuit of attraction. Absolutely. There is nothing wrong with us doing things like beautifying. Yeah. One thing that, that's very beautiful is hygiene. <laughs> Absolutely. Very attractive right. to be clean. Right. You know what I'm Absolutely. That there is a difference between seduction and attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, God made men and women to be attracted to each other mm-hmm. for the purpose of unions, faithful uh, sort of uh, partnerships between a man and a woman mm-hmm. in the context of marriage. Attraction is a fuel to that. Right. So attraction is a good thing. Yes. And we ought to be attracted to those that we go after. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters, as I have just alluded to, God isn't enduring us and holding his nose right. as, he, as he speaks to us. No, we are covered in the blood of Jesus. The son of God stands as our uh, sort of mediator that then makes us attractive to the father. But there still is indeed a work of sanctification where we are improving. Yeah, we're, 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 we're improving. We're being beautified. We're being more made more attractive. Yes, that's you right. You think about what it says in Revelations. Yeah. I'll read it. Revelations 19, 7 uh, through 9. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself in fine linen. Ah. Here is the bride beautifying herself. Uh, bright and pure, but what is that fine linen? For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Come on, brother. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, these are the true words of God. Yes. So here's the bride beautifying themselves. Yes. This fine linen that the bride is putting yes, on, making yes. themselves beautiful yes. for Christ. Christ making his bride beautiful. Right, right, and right. And that beauty is the righteousness of the bride. That's right, that's right. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's right. That nothing could be parallel with, with what we with, with our own marriage. That's right. That's right. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And, Sorry. I, and, I, and I love, no, 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 what you said was perfect. This is why when Christ talks about male headship, it's in the context of surrender and sacrificial love, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's the context in which he talks about it. Because what it means for me to love my wife does include attraction. Absolutely. If people tell you that attraction is kind of a, a moot point when it comes to you coming together with the person that you love, they are lying to you. Yes. Okay. That the, the whole what is on the inside is what truly counts is true, but that does not mean that what on the outside means nothing. Right. You ought to be attracted to your potential mate. Right. Right. And I and and, and let me just say to that point real quick too that. We have to do some work on even what we find attractive. Mm-hmm. We've also been taught that what we find attractive is simply standard, permanent, and irretractable. Mm-hmm. It's just, I like what I like. Right. Whatever reason, I just like white women. I've heard that before. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't like black women. They're not attractive to me. You, okay, br- well, brother, could it be? that something is influencing right why you don't like black women right could it be that culturally you've been shaped in in a lot of ways uh there is a image in our minds of what the perfect standard of an attractive person is and to the degree that the person we're pursuing can look like that right. image uh-huh 
to that degree, that person is attractive. Right. That, my friends, is not what you naturally find attractive. Right. That's what you've culturally been influenced to find attractive. Right. And oftentimes what needs to be done is that image that you have in your mind uh, that has been influenced by the videos that you've seen mm -hmm. online, mm -hmm. the videos that you've seen on BET, mm -hmm. the kinds of things that have been praised among the culture. Right. Even among your friends, your Among own your friends, maybe even your family. Yep. You know, all of those things have helped to fill out that image in your mind, that standard in your mind, mm -hmm. and you need to do the work of challenging that. Right. I, I don't know if I told this story before on here, but I'll tell it again. In fact, this sister actually just hit me up last week. Almost 10, over 10 years ago, I was on a flight to Kansas. Mm -hmm. Ended up sitting next to this, uh, this, this young lady. We ended up having this great conversation. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the flight, she, uh, we started talking about dating or whatever. I was engaged at the time. And, uh, and she said that there was a dude back home that she thought was probably one of the most godly men she ever met, faithful. Dude was studying to be a pastor, you know, leader, and loves her to pieces, right? He said, I got one problem, though. He's ugly. And I was like, well, wait, hold on. What, do you, what do you mean he's ugly? Yeah. Then as we began to talk, it became very clear to me that she had an image in her mind that was probably looked something like Tay Diggs, and he didn't look like Tay Diggs. As I pushed her, I said, ma'am, challenge that. Believe that for sure God is not calling you to marry someone that you think is ugly. So right. let, 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 let's, let's, uh, let's get that on the table. Yes. But believe. God is not wanting you to wake up and say, just look past that every yeah, morning. Yeah, just say, honey, would you just put this bag over <laughs> your, 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 that's your not, face? That's not what he's calling you to do. But fam, I asked her to challenge that. And we spent the rest of the, rest of the flight home talking about ways in which she can deconstruct mm -hmm. that that image right to see that if there might be grace right for a romantic explosion of attraction in you towards him brothers and sisters i kid you not she messaged me a year later and said i'm in love with this man and we're getting married in a few months wow and she thanked me and fam, I think that many of us don't even think to do that work. Right. To do the work of challenging what is in me. Right. Another example. If your wife has children, she's going to get stretch marks. Yeah. Even if she doesn't have children. Right. Right. It's part of the it's body part of the, morphing. Part of right. That's right. Yeah. And, and not only that, you might have stretch marks, bro. So it, it, that's not even... Again, the system that, <laughs> that Kevin Samuels reifies right. says that what a man looks like is irrelevant. Right, exactly. It's just, it's just what it's, it's, he has in his bank account and the status that the society what the man gives brings him. to the table. That's right. Yep. So anyways, man, I love, I love what my mentor said to his wife, uh, Dr. D. Shield. His wife uh, said something to him about her stretch marks. Mm -hmm. And he said to her, are you crazy? Those are my stretch marks. Mm -hmm. Those stretch marks brought my children into this world. I cherish those stretch marks. You think that him saying stuff like that is him basically denying reality. Mm. Basically him living in some fantasy world or lying to his wife to make right. her feel better. But you don't know true love. And that's your problem. Absolutely. Because true love has a way of adapting attraction to wherever she is. Right. My love that undergirds my attraction, because attraction can come to go, come and go. Right. You can be more attracted or less attracted to your wife. But the love is what keeps 
this thing going. But what love tends to do is guide the attraction. Attraction does not guide right, love. Right. When attraction, when love guides attraction, then my attraction fits whatever right. she is. It's amorphous. Now I love her pregnant. Oh, I love her not pregnant. Right. I love her with some extra pounds. I love her with less pounds. Bro, where are we going? That's where, where I will be. That's where my attraction will that's be. That's mm-hmm. what love does. And it's not fantasy. We are living it. And this is precisely why you need to get around some dudes that have actually loved a woman, the same woman, for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Right, right. And let them tell you what the secrets are. Yes. Oh, boy. Because love is the system shatterer. It, it, the, the, the numbers and the scales mm-hmm. don't matter things become profoundly more simple and profoundly more enjoyable bro mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's yes we need to be attracted to each absolutely. other absolutely god is the bible talks about attractive people it doesn't say what they look like which right. is, praise god right uh <laughs> it never describes why mm-hmm. she was considered more attractive right right but there is indeed a beautifying that is praised in scripture yeah. and that beautifying is on the it's 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 in the identity of every woman that has ever been created bro. right the, the the meaning what i mean by beautifying i mean that you're an image a female image bearer you have been beautified in that and if god has called you to marriage rest assured there is a man out there that is going to oh my gosh bro you don't need to look like an Instagram model. Right. And if a man truly loves you, he's not going to be sucking his teeth that you don't. Yeah. And that's what we need to talk about. But you know what that would mean? It would mean excavating well, men. Men. Right. And, and we're and, not and, doing and, that, and, are and, we? Right. And because <laughs> because these podcasts and these Manosphere dudes don't exist for that. Right. They are not here to talk about what's wrong with them. They're here to talk about what's wrong with you. Yes. Basically, men's brokenness has created an entire system that weighs down women. Right. But women are complicit in because they think that's the way that they get a man. And the truth is, it has been the way that they get a man. I know a woman right now who's in my family who literally, no matter how old she gets, and she's she's up there in age, Mm -hmm. God bless her. Mm -hmm is doing everything in her power to dress provocatively around her husband in public so that she can jump in the, in the way of other beautiful women that may walk by so that he might not see anything else. How draining is that? Slavery. It is oppression, bro. Yeah. And it's an injustice. Right. And I, I've seen on the Manosphere blogs, we've seen that it's the kind of stuff that these guys endorse, man. The thing about what KB said that I think is good when he talked about how wherever you are, that's where my attraction is. And the reason that that sounds so radical is because society is not set up in that way. Right. Society is set up to have your attraction be superficial and shallow. Right. And as long as attraction is superficial and shallow, you will never be enough. Amen, bro. You'll never be enough. Right. And the men will the men whose attraction is superficial and shallow will never have enough because superficial and shallow attraction and that this is for my, for the men out there too is like a cup with five holes in the bottom of it. Ooh. You can fill that mug up, but it's going to slowly drain and you're going to have to continue to yes. fill it up again and again and again and 
again yes. and again. And if that cup is a woman in your life, she's going to have to constantly be filling up that cup again and again and again. And that becomes oppressive and it becomes draining. Yes, bro. Yes. Right? Yes. It's just like it's like what we said before. She should not necessarily be in competition with anybody. That's right. That's right. right? Because in my world that I have, you are the 10. That's right. And the world that I live in is this one. That's right. Right? I'm not out there in their world. That's right. I'm out there in this world. That's right. And so in this world, Woo! you are a 10. And, this, and, and, and in this world, this is where you reign supreme yeah. as the, the, the one that has my heart, right? Yes. And so... And I also think, I ahead. mean, that that's where the subjectiveness should come in in our hearts. I'm, I'm typically right, right. wanting to be objective as possible. And uh -huh, uh -huh. obviously, we're defenders of objective truth. But this is where subjectivity can serve us, bro. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, sure. bro, my wife does not look like what she looked like when I married her. Mm -hmm. To say I'm far more attracted to my wife today than I was when I first met her is a understatement, understatement bro. <laughs> a wild understatement, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget watching her give birth, bro. Mm. And her pushing. And then finally, the baby comes. And we're holding this baby. And I'm looking at her. Hair's all over the place. And she had she's just been screaming for, for, for 45 minutes. <sighs> and I thought, wow, you look, you've never looked more beautiful to me. Yeah than you look right now. Those kind of moments, bro, can only happen on the back of intimacy, bro. Mm -hmm. And intimacy transcends sex. Yeah. It transcends the erotic. Please put it that way. Because intimacy is not just sex. That's right. Sex grows out of intimacy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think that these, this is what's missing from a lot of these conversations is right. that, fam, if you want to talk about what a 10 is, and if it's a 10 in your house, what's a 10 in your house? Mm-hmm. Are you taking your cues for, to what's, what's a 10 in a society? Right. Right. Or, or is it, no, a 10 is a five-foot woman. <laughs> That's what my wife is, bro. She's five feet tall, five man. Feet. Yes, bro. Five-one on, 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 on a good day. <laughs> That's a 10 to me, bro. Uh -huh. It's her hair. Right. It's her. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking... That, that again, a part of the lie is that somehow that this system that is around us is God ordained. It is what it is. As if though we, we don't got winners and losers. As fam. if though we don't live in a fallen and sinful world. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, don't, everything is fallen. Yeah. The standards of beauty are fallen. There are things that are beautiful and things that are not beautiful. Right. There, there is some objectivity to the conversation. Yes. And, and indeed, it's worth us having some talk and, and parsing out where does objectivity end and where does subjectivity begin. Right. Some, some people would find you stepping out on your spouse, you having a passionate love relationship with someone you are not married to. In your mind, something beautiful is happening mm. in the double tree when y'all are there breaking your vows. Yeah, but that's not beautiful. That is objectively ugly. Right. No matter what your attraction is. Right. No matter what she may look like, what you may look like, what y'all coming together looks like. It's ugly. Yeah. There are things that we should not accept and call ugly. That beauty is not purely in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. Beauty is also, in the, it, beauty is in the standards of God. Yeah. So, and I think part of our call is to be agents of redemption and reformation Amen. for a broken system. Yeah. And even though Kevin Samuels makes good points within the structure of the society, 
The question is, should the structure be there? Right. Because when he says to, to a woman, you know, listen, you've turned down 15 men that, that, have, that wanted to pursue you because, because they worked at Family Dollar. You didn't want to work. You didn't want to talk to them. So because you're you're holding out and waiting for somebody that owns a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. If he says something like, "Most men don't make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Most men are pretty average and simple people. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're not. They're not Warren Buffetts. Right. So don't wait for Warren Buffett. There's some wisdom but in that. But usually he also says you shouldn't be waiting for a Fortune 500 person if you're a three. That's right. And, and that's when he brings in the that's system. That's when he brings in the it system. Says, in addition to Right, what I just said. That, you're also not a 10. That's so right. You so you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve a four. And again, yeah. it's not buried in. Fam, if, if, dog, if you love somebody, bro, does it matter? You know what I'm saying? Right. According to, to Kevin Samuel's standards, bro, if that were to go the other way around, men fall from grace all the time, man, bro. Men man. have massive business failures all the time. So if I go from making 150 into making 30, mm -hmm. does my wife have every right to leave me? Yeah, and, and, go, and, go, and go get the because other dude? Because she's a high-status woman because she's attractive? Right. Right. And you know what though? But that's what happens in this world. Bag chick super savage before a bigger bag she moving on. Thank you, bro. That's Quoted what you're saying. Me. Yes. Right. That's but bag it's a fact. Chicks are super savage for a bigger Birkin she moving on. But Kevin, you're reifying that system. Exactly. We shouldn't we should not prostitute our women. Right. That they are here for our status. Right. That's a kind of prostitution. It, 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 yes, absolutely. What separates that from love? Right. What separates that from love is that love is driving the relationship, not what I'm providing for you only. Right, right. The provision works on the backdrop of my covenantal love for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that, again, it's not to say, and that's why I think you know, folks are going to be in the comment section now talking about some, you know, have you seen, have you seen all of Kevin's stuff? It's not to say he doesn't have good things to say. Right, but seen, overall, yeah. Kevin is reifying he's a re system that should be dead. Yeah, he's reifying a broken Oppressive system. Yes. Overall. Exactly. Yeah. I was a broken, say, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yes, sir. I'm not surprised that Kevin Samuel says some stuff that's good. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You could find that in anybody. But the the point of the fact of the matter is, what is the overall point that he is that's, bringing to the to the conversation? Yeah. And and he is absolutely reifying and buttressing a system that is sinful, wicked, shallow. Yes. And as you said, should be in a coffin. It should be in a coffin for yeah. him. I know that uh, there was one gentleman, I never heard of him, but um, uh, apparently he is uh, pretty well known on YouTube, uh, who came in our comment section and uh, called our criticism of Kevin Samuels uh, the talk of a beta male. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that whole, that whole manosphere alpha male personality that now it's becoming a thing to right. start calling men beta males. Yeah. Which is actually strange yeah because number one first of all <laughs> as my producer said one time i think it was you that said it if you actually try and compare this to a pack there's usually only one alpha male in the pack that's right <laughs> so if i if, if i'm a if, oh are you, you know the what? alpha that's right so like in all of us so out of everybody you you mean to tell me you are you are Furthermore, secondly, wait, 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 we wait, don't wait. live in packs. Hold on. So wait, wait, wait. Furthermore, to that point, a study just came out, I believe it was last year, that uh -huh. found that the study that that whole thing came from, I believe it was in the 70s, the whole alpha male, yeah, beta I, male I came that, yeah. from mm -hmm. in the 70s, was actually proven false in the wild. That yeah. where the true yeah. warrior wolves are, there is no alpha and no beta. <laughs> they, they, they exist as a community. Right. But they only found that when the wolves were living in captivity. Right. That the alpha and the beta stuff started to come to fruition 
when people were in chains. Right. So your alpha male and beta male stuff is kind of born in your own slavery. Anyways. Which is what the just idea is. Point. It just kind of changed your manhood to a type of slavery. That's right. That there's a bot. There's there's just there's just binary yeah. of alpha males and beta males. But I honestly think that cats that say stuff like that again are making up for insecurity. Sure. If you got to look in a mirror and tell yourself you're an alpha male, then there might be something deeper going on there, bro. Something's, I, I, something's I, yeah, happening, maybe, bro. Maybe maybe you got to wear a shirt with you. You got to keep I, I, yeah, talking I, I about gotta, it. I got to constantly remind mm, cats that I'm an alpha. Going. You're a beta. You're sounding like a beta. Cats are making songs calling themselves beta males. Usually. I'm just being honest. Cats that I see that do that, I'm like, uh, I think that there's a lot of insecurity here, bro. That's what it sounds I'm sorry. like. Fam. I don't think that I have. A, I don't. I, I don't really lack confidence in myself. I don't have to walk around calling myself an alpha male. I honestly don't I, even I, I care. I don't even know what fam, the heck that is. You can call me a, a beta male all you want. I'll tell you. I'll tell just you don't this. run up on me. <laughs> but, but I'm saying I feel like a lot of that is honestly is to pad your own insecurity. In my opinion, if you have to walk around tearing other men down. In order to lift yourself up as an alpha male, you need to be asking yourself, what is going on inside of me, right? I think that there's a lot of insecurities, flaws, fears, and a lot of your, your, your own fear of your own potential failure or lack of measuring up as a man oh, yeah. that causes you to overcompensate. Yes. And 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 that that and for me that alpha male kind of I gotta have alpha male energy and calling to other people beta males yes. is an overcompensation yes. for a lack of true manhood. Yes. Because I really believe that a true man does not have to actually point out the fact that there's some kind of alpha male and that there's other males that are beta males. Now, because number one, true men don't tear other men down. They build other men up. That's right. So if they see another man maybe lacking in yes. manhood, yes. they don't point that out as a, as a way to tear them down, but they seek to build them up. It's just like this. We come from Southside St. Pete. I'm just going to be honest with you, and I know this, y'all know this, I've said this before, I've known real killers. Yes. Okay, they've been in my family. Several. That will, I'm just being honest, right? Um, one thing that you know about a dude from the street, especially a dude from the street that is willing to take it all the way, yeah. is that a lot of the times they do not have to be loud, Real boisterous, or tell like you. Lasagna. That's why they always say that it's not the one that's always doing all of the barking that you need to be worried about. It's the one that is not doing all of the talking sure. that, you need to, that you need to be worried yes. about, right? Real killers don't have to tell you that they kill. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not glorifying that. Yeah, but we I'm just making that with I'm, our just, I'm just making a comparison. The or yeah, yeah, my friends that are in the Marines. Yeah. My brother was a Marine. Or or friends that we know that are in the Marines. Or as KB knows, he he does boxing. I've done Muay Thai. Real fighters that can really fight, a lot of the times, usually they are not the loudest. Right. They right, don't, right. they don't, they, they're usually always trying their best to break stuff up. They will walk away. I remember, so some of y'all may even know uh the big Navy SEAL dude, uh Jocko Willick. Jocko Willick. Jocko Willick will kill you with his bare hands. And I remember he was in an interview. Can kill you. He with can his bare kill hands. you with his bare hands. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember they were in an interview and they were talking about fighting. And Jocko said, if anybody tried to fight me, if somebody hit me in the face, I would turn away and walk away. I would do the best that I can to not fight that dude. And usually folks that are confident in themselves, they do not have to overcompensate. That's a lot right. of the times they do everything they can to put the brakes on. Right, right, right. Actually, that's what we say about humility. The Bible talks a lot about humility, but the idea of humility is a horse that has a tremendous amount of strength that holds back that's that meekness. strength. Yeah, that's, that's good. It. That's good. And so if you are really confident as a man, 
if you are really a man's man, you do not have to walk around and tell everybody how manly you are. That's right. That's right. You don't have to walk around and say, real men do this, real men do that, real men are like this. You're a beta male. I'm an alpha male. That's To me, that says, I am not a real man. I'm insecure. I actually uh, don't believe in my own manhood, and I have to overcompensate by all of this boisterous, just just talking, just bravado. And a lot of the times, it's false. So uh, that's not what God calls us to, man. Real manhood is not false bravado. Real manhood is humility. Yes, bro. And that humility shows up in you being confident in who God has made you to be and you walking in who God has made you to be. And when you are really walking in that manhood, you don't have to advertise it. Right. You don't have to advertise it. If you have a manhood that looks anything like biblical manhood, it's not a manhood that's tearing, tearing other men down. And if your manhood is born in tearing other men down, but if it's also born in comparison mm. to other men, yeah. I'm always weighing your beta, I'm alpha. Your beta, I'm alpha. It's not a biblical idea of manhood. Right. So whatever you think that is, it's not a biblical idea of manhood. It may be a worldly, political, conservative, partisan idea of manhood it's not a biblical idea of manhood right it might be a cultural idea of manhood but because of it's, it's cultural doesn't mean it's biblical yeah and a biblical manhood once again is birthed out of humility yeah gentleness and then also knowing how to step in and be assertive and protective within the right context yeah and never and that never has to be flexed amen I think that when you look at Jesus as a man, he didn't have to flex his manhood. Right, 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 right. Jesus didn't have to walk he was around. The 100% and t- I mean, he man. was a hundred percent all man, all man, yeah, yeah, yeah. all man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have to flex it. Yeah, he could have flexed it on the cross. He could have said, "Man, y'all are nailing." The what did manhood look like for Jesus? Sacrifice. Yes, brother. Jesus literally went to the cross looking weak. Yeah. While he was strong. Yeah, yeah, yep. Right for the joy that was set before him. He, he endured these things. Yeah. Jesus could have called lightning down from heaven to strike everyone that was, that was whipping him dead. Yeah. So I think that when we, we want to look at manhood and then when we want to look at what it means to love women properly, we have to go to the scriptures, Amen. not the culture. People are going to, people in the culture are always going to try to hijack scripture and appropriate scripture for their thing. It always happens. The Pharisees did it right. and it didn't stop with them. Yeah. You're going to have the same thing with these manosphere guys that are always only using the passages of scripture that is that is seeking to serve them in their sexism. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and you have to stay away from folks like that, ladies and gentlemen. And what I am saying is that as we are venturing men to be men, and as we have our sisters out here that are walking in what it means to be biblical women, let's take our cues from the scripture and not from the culture. Amen. Just want to just shout out the CSB version of scripture. One of our favorite versions of the Bible, readable, very, very accessible, mm-hmm. a solid translation. Uh, that's the official translation of our, our church, actually. So they are a proud sponsor of our podcast, and mm-hmm. we are glad that it is that CSB way. CSB Activity. There's a website that you can go check out, CSB Activity. This, that's not the website, but <laughs> that sounded really, really dope. CSB Activity. activity. <laughs> um, check out the website below to learn more about how you can get one of these in your hand. So Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians paying for one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. 
You will be connected to Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially as a medical need arises. So you get to see the people that you are actually contributing to. It's affordable and you can join today. We are very, very grateful to have them as partners on our podcast. So check out SamaritanMinistries.org. This has been Southside Rabbi. Before we get out of here, I just want to remind you, I do have a new song out with the homie, No Big Deal. My management is making me say this, uh, but it's called King Jesus, and you can stream it uh, everywhere, and the video is on YouTube. Also, shout out to our Patreon community. You all literally fuel all of this. Uh, Your support is the foundation to our work and we thank you so much for it god bless you and please remember to like and subscribe on youtube man one of the ways in which we can get our videos before a lot of folks yep for them to hear biblical truth is by you liking the video on youtube yep. so please like the video like subscribe share and tell your comment. friends tell your friends tell your family tell your, mama, tell your daddy your tell your uncle everybody man straight up Baby mama, mamas, mamas. I was just joking. All of them. Tell everybody about Southside Rabbi. We love you. God bless you. Peace. The beta male thing to me is is, is interesting being mm-hmm. called that. It does not stir me up at all uh, because uh, it makes me laugh. I've had yeah, I've had dudes hilarious. call me, "Oh, you're a beta male because you're it's talking hilarious. about." I'm I mean, like, and I'm this even thinking about so what 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 defines alpha man male? So somebody that that is willing to be violent if they if they have to is that is that is that what masculinity is? You'll do hand to hand combat, uh, brother. We we don't advertise this a lot on this show, but me and I mean are both fighters, but we we are. We spar grown men, right? <laughs> I, I, I spar grown men almost every single week. I'd have okay? been kicked by a grown man. That junk hates. Yes. Yes, bro. Like, <laughs> we are kind people, but we love this, the art and science of combat. Pugilism. Of the pugilism. We love it. I the fisticuffs. It does not cross. I'm not walking around thinking about that when I walk into a room full of men. Like, you know, Ooh, I could physically I could, dominate I could just, man, anybody in this I room. wish somebody would just man. run up on me. Even by your own standards of what it means to be masculine, you're not gonna do well in the wrong, in the right family. You wouldn't do well in in the in in some of our circles, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you just you wouldn't. Um, if that's what you think masculinity is, is being yeah. willing to fight. Because I, I I don't think that is at all. Yeah. I, I know some dudes who are tremendous fighters who are weak men. That's a fact. Absolute weak men. And some people think that their masculinity also means them them uh, carrying their guns all the time. Yes, th- th- there it is. There. Yeah, so you you know I'm 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 strapped. So now you're in your. So now I'm a man because I'm. You have a gun. I have a gun. First on of all, me. I. But fam, so I, some of the biggest cowards I know carry guns. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. Especially if you live in the hood, you will see it because guns help overcompensate for not being able to do this. Yeah, boy. That's why we're saying the whole alpha male idea, and then the culture that surrounds what makes an alpha male is ridiculous. Yeah. Right? It, 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 it really is. And it really is a lot, a lot of the times just more of a show of your pride, yeah. your arrogance, and your insecurity than it is about being a biblical man. You find uh, several scriptures that make manhood 
that that lay out what manhood looks like for us. Right. But what manhood does not look like for us is tearing other men down. Hey, amen, brother.